0: The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops
1: Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Pure Hoops podcast. We are back. NBA trade deadline wrap-up special. That's right. Anytime BJ and I are talking NBA trades or anything else to do with basketball, it is special. B.J. Armstrong in L.A., Eric Newman in a very gray and cold New York City. My man, we took a little bit of a lull. Uh, I think I needed it after, of course, the tragic Kobe Bryant news, but we are back in the uh, the NBA saddle doing the best we can before we get into all the action. Uh, I'm, I'm checking in on you because I woke up to a tweet this morning that— uh, <laughs> Had you potentially you landing in the Big Eric, Apple? What, time, what we, time did you wake up? Like I mean, noon? What time did you I, wake up?
0: I, <laughs> you know,
1: it was it, it was sent to me by a few people, and you know, we joke about it, but you know, I have a lot of things I want to accomplish while I'm on this earth, and one of them is is building a winner with you. So I was very concerned that you know we weren't aligned on our front office dreams.
0: <laughs> well, we are aligned. You know, I was I was concerned, Eric. I was really concerned about your loyalty to the Boston Celtics throughout this entire drawn out process. And uh, (laughs) so in the end, Eric, because of you and the Celtics, you know, I didn't respond to the tweet. So there you go. You have it. There you go.
1: So we really need to re-strategize because my, my (laughs) reasoning for knowing that I could build a winner is I've watched the Celtics build winners and paid attention for a long time and we've all seen what the Knicks have done in the last 20 years how not to build a winner. And right. you 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 have you have the formula. You have the experience. I'm just I'm just the guy that gets work done in the shadows. Get yeah,
0: but you know we we you know off air so I think you know next week we need to really discuss your relationship with the Celtics. We we, we, <laughs> we because when we do this Eric, when we do,
1: you know, all all allegiances to the side. Get this aligned with the right this situation,
0: you know where, When we get aligned with the right situation, we need yep. to know where you stand with the Celtics. That's fair because that's, that's fair. So once that gets resolved, ladies and gentlemen, then uh we'll have an announcement here on the Pure Hoos podcast of what BJ Armstrong and and uh, Eric, is what they're going to do. So, here we go. Okay, DJ and well, let's, Eric, let's you know? let's
1: let's dis- let's discuss it uh, back in Chicago next week. So, we'll, <laughs> you know, that's 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 a, that's a comfortable place for you, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get to that next week. So, um, you know, so much happened today. Some of these moves, uh, whether it was players involved, involved teams involved, were expected. Some other things not as expected, but regarding the Knicks, very interesting timing on saying goodbye to Steve Mills and then bringing in a new president, and that is now Leon Rose, formerly of CAA. Uh, You were obviously mentioned in the tweet, which we were referring to. Um, So I want to get your take first on the Knicks move, and then was there anything at all, in all seriousness, to that tweet about you being a candidate?
0: Well um let's first you know the the first let's address the like the facts of what happened um clearly um there was discussions or at least that was reported which turned out to be true of there was a a person or you know uh, of someone that was in discussion for the job uh there in New York and there was finally. You know, it was finally in a press conference that Steve Mills would no longer be working with the Knicks and that there was someone potentially that was that was in contention that was identified within the organization. And that person has turned out to be Leon Rose. So, um, you know, as far as timing, it seems. Uh, in the traditional way of thinking, it seems a little a little peculiar, but hey, you know, we've 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 all been around and. Um, And, you know, this is the NBA. Anything is possible. And certainly this is right in line with what the NBA is has shown to be. It's it's full of surprises. So that that is that is very obvious. But, you know, as far as the tweet, look, there's a lot of things that are that's online. You know, it's it's like my kids. They said, Dad, you know, it's. I saw it, you know, I was like, where do you get this information? Well, I saw it online. Well, if it's online, that means it must be true. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) that's how I kind of look at it. You know, there were a lot of people mentioned, there was a lot of speculation, um, you know, and I could see how the speculation could get, get out there because they were saying, you know, uh, former executives former agents and I check off all those boxes, right? So, um, but, and, and the truth of the matter is no one knew. I think this was probably something that was maybe discussed, you know, who knows how long prior to it being announced, but certainly there was a lot of rumors swirling and you know, the media likes to speculate and it's always fun. Sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't, but you know, I don't think anyone saw this one coming for sure and uh here we are now you know i'm I'm just as interested as anyone else to see how this is going to play out and what direction they're going to go in and what they're going to do and and look like one of the first moves already is they traded their best player away marcus morris to the clippers so uh look like there's going to be a lot of changes there in new york moving forward and uh you know now Uh, All of this will fall under, you know, the leadership of, you know, uh, Leon Rose and what they're going to do there.
1: Very smooth uh, transition, my friend, to the transaction at hand. So diving right in, the Knicks send Marcus Morris, who's having a fantastic season, unfortunately, in a losing situation to the Clippers for Mo Harkless and a 2020 first round pick. And then Washington got involved in the deal as Jerome Robinson, uh, drafted by the Clippers two years ago, goes to wa- uh, goes from the Clippers to Washington. Isaiah Thomas goes from Washington to the Clippers, but David Aldridge reports that he will most likely be waived, so we'll see who picks up uh, Isaiah possibly uh, for some bench scoring in the backcourt for the stretch one, stretch run. But, you know, ironically, the Clippers and the Lakers have been, um, you know, two of the teams dominating the headlines for so much of the year. Um and they were competing for, for Marcus Morris, of course. So, in your in your opinion, how does this uh, tip the balance of power in LA? And how big of an impact is this uh, for for both teams—the team that got him and the team that didn't—as we head into the All Star break?
0: Well, one of the most coveted players in all of basketball throughout the the NBA are those three, four, those wing players who can defend and shoot the three. Marcus Morris fits, you know, he fits all of the the criteria of what every team is looking for. This is a great pickup for them on paper because not only can he defend the three and the four, not only can he uh, play the style of play, this interchangeable, you know, style where everyone and you know you you switch everything he's he fits Doc Rivers personality he's tough and he competes he's a he's a tough tough player and this gives them another active body a strong body I might add that they can throw at the Lakers or whomever they're going to face here as they go down the stretch I really like the pickup. Yeah, he, I, mean, I think he fits what they're trying to do. I think he fits their culture, but I think my friend Eric, you said it best. He's tough, and this young man, when the game gets a little muddy, when he gets a little, you know, a little testy, you know, they have Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly, Montrez, Kawhi Leonard. Who will all be in the fray?
1: <laughs> okay, <Yep. laughs> Doc and, Rivers and, and Paul George and Paul George. I mean, Paul George that lineup. Okay. So that lineup defensively yeah. is a nightmare. It's a nightmare for people.
0: They, they, they are. I mean, they were already good. This just really, you know, in my opinion, pushed them over the top. Now, I, I think this is this was a good pickup for them. I, I think this makes them that much stronger. I think when they play those teams like the Rockets, they'll have enough bodies to throw at James Harden in a series. They'll have enough bodies to throw at, you know, the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, and in particular, yep. I think this was made with the idea we're going to face LeBron James, and certainly yep. LeBron is, is, a, is a, he's a, he's a, he's a big athlete, right? He, is, he can overwhelm most of his opponents with his physical presence alone. But let's make this clear. That won't happen against the Clippers. They have enough strong bodies. They have men over there. And I think that will be the difference. And um, we'll see how this plays out. But I think that was a really good move for the L.A. Clippers for
1: sure. You said it. Um, Morris has another option to throw at LeBron. He defended him in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago with the Celtics. Um, There's no stopping LeBron James, there's no shutting down LeBron James, but there's making LeBron James work extra hard for everything he's going to get on the court. Mm -hmm. Morris is one of those guys that has had some success doing that. But the other thing is, as we hit this stretch run of the season coming out of All-Star, and we know what Doc's philosophy is with resting Paul George certain nights, with resting Kawhi Leonard certain nights, that now becomes easier because Morris can start for the guy that's resting that night, and the team is not gonna. Yeah, he he's not the talent that George or Leonard is, but he can compete on both ends. He can get you twenty points in any given night, and he's gonna fit the DNA of that team perfectly. So, uh, huge move for the Clippers. So, staying in L.A. The Lakers have had a heck of a season. We know what they've gotten out of Dwight Howard. We know that DeMarcus Cousins coming back is a long shot at best. Uh, We know the strengths. We know where some of the potential holes are. If there's one thing the Lakers needed to shore up in the buyout market, what is it, and what do you think they do, if anything?
0: Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk out here with L.A. You know, they have the best record in the league, so clearly they're doing something right as a unit, as a group right now. Now it's a matter of opinion of trying to say, do you have enough for the long haul? And, you know, that's debatable because you got to win, you know, four out of seven and win 16 games here in the postseason. If there's one thing that's been fairly consistent with all of the, the experts and the critics here is they've been saying that they need a, a point guard who can score, right? They need a scoring guard who can play – that style that you see so often here in the regular season where, you know, you see these little guards like Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose and Kyrie Irvin, they need a guard who can give them that scoring threat with their second unit. Because right now LeBron James is carrying a big load at his age. Now that's the one thing that I'm consistently hearing. Now it's debatable, you know, Rondo is very capable. He's, you know he's a champion. He knows he. You know he's he's a pressure player, but Rondo is not that scoring guard that everyone is looking for. And nope. um, you know there was a, floor there was general. A lot of, yes. Yeah, and all those. Things. I was so, going to say, but again,
1: I was, was going to say, Bj, just on the the LeBron usage, like Rondo could come in and take some of the the not the pressure, but just take some of the workload off of LeBron as far as game managing and distributing the ball but as far as a guy that's going to go get them a bucket that's what they're missing so is it a Darren Collison who may be coming out of retirement is it Jamal Crawford J.R. Smith do you see any of these guys joining them
0: uh, well I, I again I I'm looking look they're they're the best team like what more could you ask for right this team they 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 seem like they are they've got good chemistry on their team they have depth, they have size, athleticism, you know, no team is perfectly constructed, but the way this team has been assembled here, certainly something is working. Now, I don't know how that works with this last 25 games and but I'm just looking from from afar, I like the team that they have here right now. And I don't once you get to the playoffs, you know, LeBron's James usage rates as it should if he's the primary ball handler should go from 35 minutes to you're going to play your starters over 40 minutes. So I think this is more of an alarm to how to get through the regular season as compared to the postseason, because I'm not going to have my starters playing less minutes in the playoffs. So to me, this is just a lot of chit chatter. Your guys are going to play 40 to 48 minutes if necessary in the playoffs to win a game especially you know you're talking about what they're trying to do which is win a championship so sounds good it feels good maybe it's a glaring weakness I don't see the weakness because I don't see enough minutes for whoever this player may be to come in and make a significant contribution but again uh, maybe it's better to have someone who you feel you know can feel that need you know if 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 it's desired or they want to change the way they play. But I just don't see the minutes available to get that player, the type of possessions or the type of rhythm that you're going to need to play, if, especially if you're going to play in a system where you're going to be looked to, to score and score consistently off the bench. I just don't see it right now.
1: Yeah, no, very good point. And, and you know, the Lakers 38 and 11, as we record this, they're twenty-one and five on the road, but here's the most impressive stat about the Lakers: they're twenty-five and five against the Western Conference. That's just unbelievable, considering the competition in the West and how the Lakers is a the Lakers as an opponent is a big game for everyone every night. But you know, LeBron has played in forty-seven of forty-nine games this season. His minutes are slightly down to just under thirty-five a night. They were just over thirty-five a night last year. The previous year, they were almost. Uh, at 37, and then, you know, in the playoffs, LeBron James obviously uh, is always playing over 40 minutes a game. So um, home court for them is is big, but being in the right rhythm and healthy and ready for the postseason I think is uh, obviously priority number one for the Lakers uh, for the 2020 playoffs. So, you know, moving east quickly, BJ, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Pacers— no moves. Obviously, they'll be looking at the buyout market, but the Heat and the Sixers did. Uh, the Sixers' moves don't really excite me very much, adding Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks. They give them you know a little bit more wing depth, and Burks is a guy that can get his own shot uh, from the backcourt. But the team that I really want to discuss here is the Miami Heat, adding Andre Iguodala, adding Jay Crowder. Uh, Solomon Hill also goes over from Memphis, Uh, these are tough, versatile, experienced guys, specifically uh, Andre and and Jay Crowder. Uh, How do you like the Miami mix now, and and how much do these guys really fit in with that Miami Heat culture and DNA that we've seen make a tremendous resurgence this season?
0: Well, you you really have to have an appreciation for what Miami is doing, in particular Pat Riley and, and, and company they're going to need bodies, right? That's going to, if they're going to come out of the East or challenge the East, they're going to need to be able to throw enough bodies at Giannis in particular, when they play Milwaukee. And they're going to need the same amount of athletic wing defenders and bodies to throw at the Boston Celtics. And, you know, you got to give Pat Raleigh credit. You know, sometimes they work. Sometimes you do things and they work. Sometimes they don't work. But you know what? You gotta admire him and his staff are always trying. Winning is always the focus of what they're doing. And when you look at what they did, they added more wing defenders. Where I wonder why. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want I wonder why. And when yep. you look at the teams they're gonna face, right? Someone's gotta guard Siakam someone's going to have to guard Ben Simmons. Someone's going to have to guard the, 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 the Celtics and all the wings they have. And they say, you know what? We're going to, we feel we can score the basketball, but now we got to defend those people as well. And he's adding depth to that equation and he's going for it. And, and you got to respect it, right? You know, you, in the spirit of competition, and that's just what I love most when I watch this Miami team is that, hey, they, you know they're giving you maximum effort. And that's from top to bottom. And you know what? I applaud what they did. I don't know if it's enough or not. You know, Andre's getting up there. He hasn't played all season. He missed training camp. But, you know, the guy is is capable of, of, of giving you quality minutes, provided that he'll have opportunity to get in shape and and do all of those things, but at least they're trying and they're going for it. And uh, I think those were good pickups for them, especially uh, you know as you go into this uh, into the trading deadline. I thought those were very quality pickups for a team that's looking to get better.
1: Yeah, and they almost landed uh, Gallinari, making that a three-team deal from Oklahoma City, but that did not go through at the last minute. So, not only do they add quality pieces, their versatility now. Is has gone to the next level because, you know, Iguodala is, you know, he's an all-purpose wing, but you can play him basically at four different positions because he can match up defensively and handle the basketball. And Jay Crowder in today's NBA is much more of a, of a four than he is anything else, but he can guard multiple positions and make the three, and you pair that up with Jimmy Butler and the rest of the backcourt and just and then bam in the middle. And this team is going to be a, a nightmare uh, come springtime. So the Eastern Conference just got a, a whole lot more interesting. Um, and, you know, even some teams that are struggling, uh, the Detroit Pistons have moved on from Andre Drummond. He goes to Cleveland. I'm not sure what Cleveland is thinking or doing right now because now they have Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and Drummond on that roster so we'll see uh, what happens there but you know the big trade as far as names go talent and setting up the next chapter uh, and I'm talking about the Warriors next season and the Timberwolves next season is the Andrew Wiggins to Golden State swap for uh, D'Angelo Russell so this sets up the kind of 2.0 2.0 is the wrong term, but the uh, the return of the Warriors with Curry, Clay, Draymond, and Wiggins as the core, with Eric Paschal and Marcus, Chris, Damian Lee, and and a high lottery pick. How do you like this now for the return of the Golden State Warriors in 2021? Well, look, I, like like all you you have to give the Warriors respect, right? They are
0: they they are a championship caliber team, right? They've proven it, they've played in big games, and they clearly have three players that have been together as their core and their and as their base, and they've been there throughout the entire time. So that's without question. But as you age, your game changes, and then when you have injury, you change. And here's the one thing that I've come to understand about injuries and players that have played in this league, especially for, for quite some time. You know, Klay Thompson is a marvelous player on both ends of the court. But when you sustain an injury like he sustained, you're not going to come back from this injury in year one. You're not going to come back in year two and be that same player. It's probably a, like a three-year process if everything goes right, right? Your first year you're just kind of filling your way through, right? You're coming off a significant injury where he will not have played possibly for over a year or more, year and a half, if he sits out this year. So your first year coming back, you're just going to be filling your way through. Your second year, if everything goes well, let's say everything goes well, everything is perfect, he's just going to be getting his rhythm where he's actually going to be probably playing and not thinking about that injury. Like he'll he'll in his second year if everything goes well he'll be moving around and not thinking about how do I feel today am I stiff am I here and do I have strength and all of those things and then if everything goes well we're talking three years from today that's when I would expect to see Clay Thompson return back into form like we're used to seeing Clay Thompson that's if everything goes well you're not coming back from this type of injury in year one saying okay let's go. No, that's not how this works. So out of respect, I'm giving them what they've done, what they've achieved, and how they play then. But now it's a little different. And when I say it's different, you know, every year you age in this league, especially as a guard. You age. Speed and quickness, you don't keep that. that. That goes. The only thing that stays with you, if you came in this league as a seven-footer, at 35, you'll still be a seven-footer. So size and length doesn't deteriorate with age, but speed and quickness does. So I'm interested to see how this team will be able to retool and figure out how to win. Perfect example is Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan aged about as gracefully as I've seen a player age in the NBA. When he first came in the league, he was the first option. He gracefully went to the second option and still won. Then he went to the third option and still won. By the end of his career, he was the fifth option on the team and they were still winning. Now, that is probably the most beautiful thing I've seen in all of sports. That uh, you go from the first option on day one to the fifth option, but you still get the same results. I don't know how this is going to look for the Warriors. I don't know how this is going to look. I know they still have three of their core players there, but this is going to have to be a different team, they're going to have to figure out how to play differently. But most importantly, you know, as these young men begin to age, right, as from the guard position, they're going to have to play different, differently than they played when they were younger. So clearly they know what they're doing. Clearly they have the the, the experience to do it. But now someone's got to go out there and do it, and someone's got to go out there and play. This is still a game that requires effort and energy. You can't replace the effort and energy, and you need the energy necessary to do it. And, you know, I'm hoping like everyone else, Clay comes back, and I'm sure in year one, he will have his moment. But I'm here to tell you, you as a person who's been around this league for a while, I haven't seen a player come back yet in year one and just resume where they left before when you have a significant injury like that. And I'm not, and I don't think that's going to happen in this case. Do I think he will work hard and enough to do that, to show you glimpses here and there and do all those things? Absolutely. But I don't expect him to be back to consistently being Klay Thompson until you're three. And I don't know what that means for the Warriors, yeah. but I think that's what it is.
1: Sure. Sure. No. I mean, great points all around. I, I think Wiggins gives them a dynamic two-way wing who took a big step this forward in terms of production and uh, playing harder. A lot of people questioned his motor and his desire. Uh, obviously, the Timberwolves, who we'll talking about in a moment, they love the pairing of, of Russell with Towns. But with, um, with Wiggins now... Playing the three with Clay back at the two next year and Curry at the one, uh, I think it takes the pressure off of Clay to uh, try to be himself pre injury right away. And as we've seen from uh, Gordon Hayward and Paul George and countless other players who have severe injuries, it takes a full season or more to get it back to what you were. and and get back to that level. So I think Golden State, they knew that Russell, Curry, and Clay was probably not going to be a long-term solution as far as chemistry and style. But Wiggins fits in really, really well on that team, and I think it's a a great move for them. And, you know, you look at um, the Warriors, you look at the Timberwolves now getting better, I think, because of this move you look at how Memphis continues to improve, hopefully the Pelicans will have a full year of Zion Williamson last year, the Dallas Mavericks with Luka and Porzingis, along with the other contenders in the West. I mean, the Western Conference now is set up to really, really uh, have these other teams emerge and challenge uh, next season, and that's uh, that's potentially very, very exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, and Look, if 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 I'm the Warriors, like all great teams, like all great acts, right? You have to figure out how to reinvent yourself. You know, you know. I'll I'll just take this guy. You know, this Jordan guy. The first three championships, he was just running around as an athlete. The next three that he won, he was shooting fadeaway jump shots. (laughs) All right, he reinvented himself. He got the same results but he was just a different player. You know, the great acts, right? Madonnas, all of the great acts we've ever seen, they've figured out how to reinvent themselves. The the Warriors that we're used to and that we've seen, look, they had a five-year run that was incredible. But if they're going to have another run, they're going to have to have a second act here. They're not going to be the same. You can't keep asking Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and these guys to keep running around like that when they're in their thirties. It's not going to happen.
1: It's not going to happen. They got to change. They got to change. So they're going to have to change the way they play. For sure. sure.
0: Steve Kerr is going to have to change the way he coaches, and most importantly, they're going to have to find a way to reinvent themselves so that they can play to now their biggest advantage, which is experience. That's there. That's that's just the name of the game. Father Time is not going to pass anybody, right? So, I like what they're trying to do, right? Look, no one has ever said that Wiggins didn't have the physical capability to be a, a a a a really very very good player on both ends of the court. Now, can he consistently do it? Is he the player that can finally maybe emerge as? potentially a star player. Everyone thought that he was a camp miss player when he came out. You know, now yep. is he the the is he will he take the lead and finally reach that potential there? That's what the Warriors need. You need, you need found you, you need to find some luck along the way, right? And clearly you need talent. He has the talent. He has all the athletic ability you one could ask now can he consistently do that day in and day out that will allow the other players to do what they can do and fill in those gaps you know asking Steph Curry at this age to go out there and play 82 games and ask Clay Thompson to do it and those guys I think that's I don't think that's realistic now will Steph Curry and these guys play very uh, of course Steph Curry is a great player he's going to do what he what he has to do but if you're talking about what we're all you know saying here you know I remember at the beginning of the season people were saying some people were saying they didn't think they were going to make the playoffs well it's hard in this league it is hard to win games in this league and let me assure you this everyone wants to beat the champions and the Warriors had a great run in, in in the last five years. And I can assure you that every coach and every team that has had to play the Warriors over the last five years aren't taking any mercy in <laughs> when they play the Warriors this year. <laughs> okay? And we have to understand that. Yeah, no, and sure. a lot of teams, even though the Warriors aren't good, I can assure you there are a lot of players and a lot of coaches who are still gearing up for that game because they're saying, okay, Let's see what's going on now. (laughs) All right, that's the way this league is uh, is about. And um, but you know you need a you need a little luck. And I think the Warriors are they're searching like every other team to find a way to win games.
1: Here's what's crazy, BJ. Weekends is not even 25 yet. Turns 25 later in February. That's wild. Curry 31, Thompson 30, Green 29. So, um, in a new environment, in a winning culture, around champions. Uh, We know what that organization means. We know how they uh, go about their business, the culture that's been created. First, Bob Myers, and then obviously Steve Kerr. uh, Tremendous job as a head coach there over the past uh, five-plus seasons. So it will be interesting to see. Now, one other contender that made a move, uh, well, borderline contender, depending on who you talk to, but four-team deal, which happened on uh, Wednesday. Twelve players involved, Clint Capella, And Robert Covington, the big names. Capella goes from Houston to Atlanta, joining Trey Young and John Collins. That could be a very interesting trio there moving forward as Capella is uh, signed, I believe, through the 2022 season or the 2023 season. I have to double-check. And Covington is the coveted two-way wing the Rockets uh, have wanted to add to their mix. But now they have a gaping hole in the middle with only Tyson Chandler there to mop up and clearly... Uh, the Rockets are going to be playing a, a lot of a small ball. Did Houston get better, or was this a move that helps Houston's cap uh, down the road? Because Capella uh, was, you know, in the $14 million range now, climbing to $18 million over the next uh, three-plus season. So what do you think of this move for the Rockets?
0: Well, the one thing I love about Mike D'Antoni is that he double downs on his system and style of play. He plays small ball and he double downs on it. He, he, You know, it's like everyone else is like trying to figure out how to, you know, have enough big bodies and do things. He double downs and goes, you know what? We're going to get even smaller (laughs) because my system works and I'm going to stick with it now. I love it when someone believes in their self. I don't I don't have to agree with it, but he believes in his system. And, you know what, and to a a certain degree, I respect that. I respect when I I see someone believe in what they're doing. (laughs) And and, and that's what I love about Mike D'Antoni. He believes in his system. And his players believe in the way they play. I may not agree with it. I may not agree with him on the best way to win games. But no one can argue that this man doesn't believe in the way he plays. And because he believes in it, I believe in it. So, hey, we'll see what happens. You know, I think it's very difficult. It hasn't been proven yet. I'm not sold on it. But I will say this. He's going with it. And his players are buying into it. And that's all that matters. If your players buy into it, it just might work. You know, it reminds me of a of – a, story with, with, uh, when I played in Orlando with the late Chuck Daly, you know, rest in peace and Chuck Daly would always ask us how we wanted to defend the screen role. And I was like, I thought that was always odd. Cause I was like, this is the first time a coach has ever asked me how I wanted to defend a player. And he said, Oh, it's very simple BJ. Because if you believe it's going to work, you'll give the effort and the energy necessary to make it work. And I thought, wow, He's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's why. That's why Chuck Daly is a Hall of Fame coach. That's why sure. right. he he, no, he said mean, even the, if it's, it's the wrong be, way, it's gotta, but it's got to be. But it's got to be collaborative. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he, was that's like, a perfect he was like. He was like, if you the, just the give me what players, I really got to be collaborative.
0: Yeah, he was like, if you just give me what I want, I just want you to play as hard and give me the effort necessary, even if it's wrong. If you give me the right energy, it might be right, and. In this yep. case, I think this is this is the lesson. Like, who's to say that it won't work if those guys believe in it and they they believe it'll work? And if they believe it'll work, they'll play hard enough. And the one thing that you we all know you have to do, Eric, in this league, you got to play hard. And if those guys play hard enough, they're certainly talented. James Harden is a very talented, and he's gifted enough to score 45 or 50. Certainly Russell Westbrook is. And if they believe in it and it does work, Why? Why not? You know, why not them? Why not now? And uh, but certainly on paper, I'm not buying it. But you know what? I give Mike D'Antoni credit. He's not he's not blinking. And uh, I know what his guys will show up and they'll be ready to play uh, once playoff time begins.
1: Yeah. As we record this, the Rockets are tied with Utah, 32 and 18 uh, as we record this on Thursday. So the the crazy part about this, and and I'm with you on respecting he's doubling down on what he does and what they do, but if they draw Denver or Utah and eventually, you know, everyone's going to have to either go through the Lakers or the Clippers. Uh, Without that paint protection and without the bodies to battle Jokic to battle Gobert, uh, (laughs) it could get bloody. But the Rockets are going to spread you out. And they're going to play their style, and they're going to run <laughs> up and down, and they're going to shoot a ton of threes, and it's going to be entertaining as hell to watch. So, um, <laughs> you know, you're, just,
0: you're just, just as intrigued as I just, am, right,
1: Eric? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's why, and that's why we watch, and that's why we do this because all of this stuff for us is 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 very intriguing. And and as is uh, the final point that I want to discuss here on, on today's show, you know, you've and we've talked about this, and it's well documented. You've worn you know, so many hats and had so many experiences in the league from, you know, being a championship player to being in a front office to being an agent and, you know, always in contact with people. And I consider you not only someone who, you know, I love doing this show with, but you're a a tremendous relationship builder from, you know, what I've seen and the way people speak about you. So um, the hard part about this league, obviously, is... You know, you want to be loyal to a player or you want to be loyal to a team or a franchise or a city. And, you know, Andre Drummond, after being traded um, from Detroit to Cleveland, uh, tweeted the following, if there's one thing I learned about the NBA, there are, there's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons and to have this happen with no heads up makes me realize even more that this is just a business. So, with that being said, you've dealt with it on all sides. How difficult is this part of the business? And for someone like Andre Drummond, who has spent his career up until this point in Detroit and is now going to Cleveland, you know, how hard can it be for a guy like that?
0: Well, you know, it, it, it's the one thing that has that's really changed over the years, Eric. And I don't want to be the old guy in the room, and is that you see so many young men coming into this league now one and done guys you know at one time there were high school guys coming in and you know the one thing eric as you get older you begin to understand the difference between what's going on in your personal life and what's going on in your business life and when you're younger eric you just there's a lot of things you don't understand you know at 19, 18, 19 years of age, I didn't understand business, right? Basketball at as when I was 18, I was in college and that it, it, it was fun and it should have been fun. I was a I was a baby. After a while though, at 22, 23, 24, it was very obvious that man, I'm getting paid to do this. And I remember when I got drafted, the first thing my dad told me was I don't care what happens in your career, but I'm gonna demand that you be a professional. And to me, that's what this, that's the lesson of life, right? You're you're you you're coming into a business when you enter into the NBA. This is what part of this is what 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 part of the fun factor am I losing here? What what part of you know, people would ask me. People ask me this all the time. Like, God, wasn't it so much fun to play for the Bulls? I guess that's one way to look at it. The truth of it is, my dad told me from the get-go: you're a professional. I don't. I'm not gonna clap for you when you make an open shot. You're a professional. You should make that shot. You're getting paid to do yeah. that. So it's it's all a matter of how you look at it. the The thing about these young people when they come into this business is that they realize that this is a professional league. They call it the national basketball association. It's a professional league. This isn't a league to come here and have fun and hang out and, and loyalty and all those things. That's not what this league is all about. Like, Hey, on the first and the 15th, like all people who work, right? You expect to, you know, you, you, you get paid on the first and the 15th you you you're a professional you do your job and then those people who get paid to build teams and do they have to do their job everyone's getting paid to do their job that's a fact right that's why we have general managers that's why we have presidents that's why we have head coaches everyone's getting paid to do their job
1: coming to work doing it the right way you're
0: going to work you're you're going to work absolutely you're going to work so i remember my dad telling me that like you know, he was like, you know what? I know it's always been a dream to play in the NBA, but he was like, you know what? The dream is over. You're here now. Now be a professional. And you know what that means? That means you got to show up and do your job every single day. And that's that's the only piece of advice my dad ever gave me about my NBA career is be a professional and show up and do your job. Because I watch my dad every day of my life work and go to work and do his job every single day. I watch my mom do that every single day. So – He never told me how to shoot. He never told me what I should be doing. He never told me good job when I won or bad job when I lost. He said, you know what, you you show up and be a pro. So I think this is a lesson for all of us, especially who work in this league and are participating in this league. Those coaches are going to get fired if they don't win games. General managers and presidents will get fired if they don't win games. Players will get traded.
1: Yeah, and as far as Drummond goes, games. BJ, I mean, this is a – And, and, know, and this that's,
0: is a- that's the that's the business we're in. And whether we want to admit it or not, the only people who don't move are the owners. That's why they're, they own the team. So being a professional to me is where you begin to realize the business that we're in. It's never personal, though, Eric. It's just business. And I don't want to seem harsh about it or like being hardcore or, but that's the business we're in. And I think the sooner you can learn that, the sooner you realize that you will understand this business. All-Star Weekend is a business opportunity for the NBA. Now it may appear to be like parties and all of those things, but Eric, you're going there to conduct business next week. Like I'm going there to conduct business.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely
0: that's a fact the NBA is not hosting the all-star game as one big party where everyone just comes and hang out no they're conducting business there that's a fact and the sooner these players and these people realize that the NBA is this is a billion dollar business that's what it is Eric it's a global business that I think when you come in at that age you just don't understand it and hopefully that him along with many others will understand that this business will go on with you or without you. That's what this business will go on with you or without you. No. And well said. Well you got to understand it.
1: Bringing it back to Drummond. And it is a business, but the way guys are informed of transactions trade being released whatever and it's also the way some players do or don't notify the teams they're leaving in free agency i wish it was done with more uh, class and consideration because that's what well, what doing, does that really mean Eric? What, but what but that really that's what, but that's what doing good business is all about
0: well well okay well, so well, let let look being an executive and working in a front office let me give you an example okay let's say that let's say you and i are fielding calls for team x our owner calls us and says look eric bj i don't think there's a chance that we're going to sign this player i want you to explore opportunities and bring me some deals and let me see what is happening and see what's going on all right we have a job to do, right? We may not agree with it, but if our owner gives that gives us that order, what are you mm-hmm. going to say, Eric? Of course, you're going to do it. Okay, so now sure. you and I pick up the phone. We call player Y. Player, we call Team X, Team Y. Team Y says, "Yes, we'll do the deal." And we are we are we are faced against time. How? Are you, what are you going to do? Call the player and say what? What are you going to say? I, no, what is course. there to say? Uh, like you're course. doing your it's, job. No, that's,
1: you're, no, you, that's, a, that's your a great, job
0: every day. Your job but, every day. Eric. This is what I struggled with as an executive. Every day, my job was to improve my team. Every day. So what does that mean, Eric? What, what, that means either that player is going to be better or I got to find better players to get the results that I'm trying to get. So Eric, if you're not trying to trade your players every single day, you're not doing your job.
1: Job is to improve the team. Absolutely. That's your job is to improve the team. If
0: that that GM is not on the phone working to figure out how to improve his team every day, the guy's not doing his job. Or the woman's not doing her job. Agree, so, and if and
1: if and if a trade opportunity happens at the last minute, and you got to make a move, and it involves a player or players who thought they weren't going anywhere, then that is part of the business. Okay. my My point is, if a player finds out on Twitter he's been traded instead of the front office calling him to tell him, that's where I have an issue.
0: Well, here's my issue.
1: That's with where Twitter. I have an issue.
0: How come every time I call Eric, sources say? that Eric and I were in discussion about a trade. <laughs> see, you can't have your cake and eat it too, Eric. This is my this is my yeah. problem with with everyone everyone wants to be the victim here. No, no, no. Every time I get on Twitter, I see the same thing you see. Sources say, well, who are Sources. the people who yep. are the people that are calling and telling these people on Twitter, who are reporting all of this? That they're calling because it's my job every day. Because Eric, let me assure you something as an agent and as as a former executive. Every day, I'm on the phone trading every player in the NBA. (laughs) Okay, let me tell every player this. So you might as well hear it here on the Pure Hoops Podcast. Every day, every GM in the league is trying to trade every player in the NBA. That's a fact, and every coach in the NBA is always saying he needs more. That's why he's not winning. That's a fact. And there's there will only be one team this year, like every other year in the NBA, that will win the final game of the season, and all the other 29 teams will be complaining. That's a fact. So which team is not trying to trade or get better in the NBA? Where's that guy? Who is that guy?
1: Great point. Great point. And I think who we need is to that dedica- guy? And I think and I think we need to dedicate an episode to to this solely. I think it's a very Why do we have the topic. summer
0: league? We have the summer league because guess what? We're trying to draft players to do what? Improve our team for next year. And do Why do jobs. we have trades? We're trying to trade players to improve our team for this year. Why do we have free agency? Because we're trying to get better than we were the previous year. <laughs> and guess what, Eric? Why do we have developmental coaches? Because we're trying to improve the players that we currently have so they can get better and make our team better than they were last year. So name me the guy who's not trying to trade or get better. Every year we, every year we are looking for the Woj bombs. Well, why are we doing that if we're not trying to get better? So is this Point a surprise that if, is this a surprise that we're not trying to trade every player? And I struggled with that, Eric, when I first, cause I was probably too close to playing that. I realized that if I'm going to be executive, I got to trade these guys there's there's no it's it's not that it's not that I didn't like the guy or not that I but that's that's the truth of the matter that's the truth and it's a sad truth but that's what it is and anyone who doesn't want to admit it then you probably shouldn't be working in this business and as an agent let me assure every player every player in this league is involved in some trade <laughs>
1: Every player. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was traded. He was. Changed the course of history. He, he was traded. Dr. J was sold in a trade I, 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 from I, I, the Nets every to the Sixers. Player,
0: every player, and there are some exceptions, but every player have or was traded a, or a will majo- be traded. A,
1: a majority of the players who will ever wear an NBA it, uniform it, it, will be traded. Absolutely. Every,
0: so absolutely. That is the business. And then let's call it what it is. But let's not say that they're going to find out on Twitter because we both know how these guys are all getting their names on Twitter. <laughs> OK, come on now. Let's stop with the Twitter thing, because a lot of times you will call a team. And then before you can hang up the phone. OK, before you can hang up the phone. That's already out. I have and, and this is true, Eric. I mean, it, it, this is my fast, this is my last point. I have done a deal with a team. And as I'm talking to you right now, before I could hang up the phone, that deal was already on Twitter. Hmm. So there have, all there of this it. stuff. So all of this stuff, what's going on with Twitter, as if, no. No, I'm not naive enough to believe what's going on there. There are a lot of things that are said, a lot of things thrown out. People throw things, what's happening. But without question, every executive in this league has traded for every other player in the NBA, including the All-Stars, including the Hall of Fame players. Everybody has been in some trade scenario that if the chips and if all of the stars align, they would be traded. Believe it or not,
1: that's a fact. No better way to close the 2020 NBA Trade Deadline Special. Great job today, my friend. Terrific insight. B.J. Armstrong, Eric Newman. We will be seeing each other in Chicago next week for All-Star. Special thanks, as always, producer Mike Lieber, executive producer Bruce Bernstein, editor Benjamin Wolfen, and the entire Pure Hoops media team. Be sure to continue checking out our other shows, The Mike Wise Show, dropping each and every Monday, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt on Thursdays, Catch and Shoot 2.0, Otto Strong, Adder, in Berlin on Wednesdays, and coming soon on the college basketball space will be the Full Court Press, and we'll be sharing more information with you on that, in the days to follow hope everybody has a terrific weekend hope people aren't too upset about their team's moves or lack of moves but most importantly as always stay pure the pure hoops podcast is a presentation of pure hoops media